Hello, my friends. This is Persephone Rose. I am the Red Diva, and this is episode 14 of the Sovereign Health Podcast. I am so grateful for the opportunity this episode has given me to really see the value in slowing down. I have of late been in a very action-oriented, forward-motion trend, and sometimes can feel a little frantic that there is simply not enough time and energy and me to do all the things I want to do. Today's guest reminds us all that there is divinity and inspiration and healing in the occupation of being. Today's episode is recorded in a little white cubicle at the public library, and as much as I love the simplicity and efficiency of those small places, they are 1000% not soundproof. And throughout the recording of this interview, you will hear the people in the cubicle next door talking really fairly loudly. It is a reminder, I think, that we should not say things in environments like that, that we don't want other people to overhear. So people next door, you are being immortalized in this episode. Thank you for your contribution. I am joined today by poet, author, and friend, Hannah King. I met Hannah at the beginning of this year in a kundalini meditation practice. I was there to practice Kirtan Kriya for alleviation of some remaining traumatic brain injury symptoms. Hannah was practicing for her own purposes, but I think we were both on a mind-body healing, finding ourselves journey. And we've been kind of social media friends since then, and we check in occasionally about the astrological weather. Uh, And when I learned that her book um, had come to fruition, I was just certain that I needed to talk with her and introduce my people to her work. Hannah is an Oregon native, born at the feet of the Siskiyou Mountains, raised on river water, wild grass, and oak savanna. Exploring the rural environments of home was her childhood nurturing. She carries the blood of indigenous ancestors, flower farmers, writers, teachers, landscape painters. These threads are expressed through her writings, art, and daily work out in the flower fields. Cultivating connection and relationship with her local community and environment through stewardship of the land, gorgeous bouquets, and the written word, her voice of poetry and earth tending is a call to slow down, sink in, and get to know the depth of love that exists within and around us. She moved north to the fertile Willamette Valley and fell in love with the expansive views, meandering waterways, and the lush coast range. She is mother of two, rooted and alive in Corvallis, Oregon. We Are Wanderers is her first published book of poetry. If I had to pick an adjective to describe Hannah, it would be sweet or maybe gentle. There is a deliciously soft and calming aura that precedes and follows her into a room. And yet I also think there is a fierceness that cannot be denied. She is a mama bear protector of the fields and the streams and the trees and the wild. 
and her heart rages, I think, at the way the wild places are abused and eradicated in our culture. Hannah, welcome to Sovereign Health. Thank you so much, Christy. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's a pleasure to have you. Your book is called We Are Wanderers, and you said that that title came to you in an airport about 10 years ago when you were embarking on a journey when you were indeed wandering. Can you tell us about that moment and about how the journey of this finished work started? Yes, um, I was in an airport terminal heading to New Zealand, about to leave, and I was standing there waiting for boarding, and I just had a flash of those words come through my mind. We We are are wanderers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, with those words, there was that deep knowing. I could feel it inside of myself that that was going to be the title of my book. And at the time, I had no plans to write a book. Like, it wasn't even an idea, but I could feel it. it. I knew it in that moment that one day I was going to. And that's what I would call it. So that's wonderful. What, yeah. Were you uh, were you a writer at that time? Did you write already? Yeah, I've I've always been a writer. Um, I I journaled a lot all through you know grade school and middle school and high school, and then when I got into college, I started creative writing, personal essays. I did a lot of reflective. Um, yeah, nonfiction, creative writing. Yeah. And so you've told us about that moment, how the title came to you in the airports. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about the journey of the writing and how the writing from this time period, this 10 year time period, got started? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was living abroad for about six months. And during that time, I experienced a lot of adventure. Obviously, I lived in a van for a few months and traveled around, and that was that was inspiring. And I, I wrote some during that time. But then I experienced a lot of grief. I lost a family member to cancer while I was gone, and a friend's baby was born, uh, stillborn. And I also was processing a lot of a lot of pain in a toxic relationship and and so I think just the having the space and the separation being so far away gave me an opportunity to really really go deep and really feel into the grief that I was holding at that time and you know it was I went into a depression and hid out in a little rented flat and wrote poems every day, all day long. And those poems, several of those poems are the opening pieces and, and we are wanderers. So really the book really begins at that time. That's where it was really formed. And then, you know, the rest is, is history, like (laughs) a 10 year history of adventure and, and grief and love and, death and all of it. You you say that this book tells the story, your story, of a journey from daughter to mother and, and 
presumably a little beyond. And you allude to those childhood moments of being in nature, in journaling or writing. Um, have you always considered yourself a, a poet or is that this beautiful new title that you've kind of worked your way or grown your way into? I, I grew up you know, in rural environments mm -hmm. and I also grew up in a very emotionally unhealthy unstable home. And so what I found as a child is my nurturing was the wild places. That's where I really went for stability and where I went for to be held, you know, in in unconditional love is what I think it was at the time and I didn't know that then. I've always written lyrically and I've always loved metaphors. But I've mostly written personal essays and reflective meditation writings. And um, it wasn't until this year, later in the year, that I was thinking about titles and how, you know, when someone meets you, they'll say, what do you do? What do you do? And you'll say, oh, yeah, I'm a doctor. I'm a flower farmer. And that's always bothered me because I feel that I could never, can't express who we actually are. It's just what, we just express what we do. And there's so much more to who we are. And I was thinking about, well, what are my titles that I wear, you know, through the days? And then I was, I realized that the word poet was all encompassing for who I am. Right. I I found that, oh, okay, I write poetry. I'm writing poetry every day. I'm writing this book of poetry. And the word poet feels like it actually fits who I am. And it's really because it's a way of being. It's a way of it's a way of navigating the world. It's a way of seeing the world. It's a way of expressing, you know, how right. you what you feel and what you see. And poet is who you are all the other things are the roles that you have yeah is that accurate yeah yeah I, I think it's the way a person navigates their inner world and the outer world yeah. you know through perception and imaginative thinking and it's can be formless and it can be abstract it's flow and intuition mm -hmm. it's emotional intelligence it's intellectual it can be academic it can be any way the mind and spirit move. And then when you write it down, it becomes this grounded, tangible, embodied work. It's complete. Nice. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So now I, now I do. I own the title. Now I tell people I'm a poet. I think so many of us, all of us, can really resonate with the healing and the peace the resetting of our nervous systems that happens when we are in nature or near nature or immersed in nature. But I kind of get the feeling that you have perhaps taken this connection a step further than a lot of us have. And I, it's somewhere in your, in your marketing materials, I, I caught that you refer to uh, being saturated with the natural world. And I wonder if you can just tell us more, a, little, a, bit, a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, yeah. I, it began really young for me. So when I was, my earliest memories, that's where I would spend my time. I would be out in the field. I was really fortunate enough to live rurally most of my life. And my parents worked from home. And so I'd spend my days out out in the meadow, you know, in the summertime and be filled with daisies. And I'd just go make a little spot where no one could see me. And I'd bring my paper and my pen and I would just sit alone and I would just listen and I would watch and I would just be still in that environment and hidden. And, and that was my place. And now I'm doing the same thing. (laughs) You know, I'm finding that that's what I go to, to connect back to myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And, and, um, the spring of 2022, I got really sick. I, Mm -hmm. I formed a chronic illness at that time and found myself unable to work, to cook, to socialize, to do anything. I was Mm -hmm. basically bedridden for, for months. And when the spring came and the sun came out, I, was able to make my way out into the field, my backyard. And I laid my body down on the ground under the orchard trees. I just completely relaxed into the earth and was still. And what I found was that I was perfectly content doing absolutely nothing, laying there on the earth in the sun, feeling every bug crawl on my skin and every breeze and just starting to become very aware of everything around me in the natural world, the sounds and the feelings and my own body. And it was an immersion. It was a total immersion of every sense. And that was the moment I feel I reconnected with my soul. After many, many years mm. of being very disconnected. And it was in the stillness and in the natural world and my body all together in one. And so I think that speaks for saturation. Right. You know, that's it what does. it was. It yeah. was definitely that. I would love for you to read us a sample of your work. Do you have something you're going to share with us today? And can you tell us what it is and maybe paint a little story for us so we know who, what, where, when you were, when these words came out of you? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue. Um, The last question you asked into this poem, this this was written about that exact moment I just expressed. Mm -hmm laying there on the ground, being really ill, unable to, to function and finding that, that stillness and connection with my body and the earth and my environment met me and brought renewal and love and really a life force into me. And, and it brought poetry. It brought a lot of poetry after that, that experience. So I titled this poem, When Clouds Part. The clouds part, and I finally accept what my body has been saying. 
I tried to fight all morning, but here I am spreading myself between fruit trees like mulch, ribcage sinking into wild grass, hips twisted and barefoot. I undress slowly as the sun casts out trembling into radiant heat. What was I thinking? Too much. When was the last time I watched cottonseed move through branches, palms caressing with blades of green in the forefront of view? Too long. Since youth or childhood, before love became sacrifice and to-do lists. This view reminds me of my first sweetheart, and it feels like coming home. I don't want to leave you. I want to stay here. That was so beautiful. What was that? Moment of, of stillness, I think we got that stillness, but that kind of almost a breaking open, but a coming home to yourself. So this soon-to-be-published work, We Are Wanderers, chronicles a particular time frame in your life. Um, it, has, it tells a story that has a beginning and an end, but you've, you've, I was going to ask you if you write every day, and you've said, yes, you do, but do, what does that look like for you, that writing process when do you whatever the verb for being a poet is when you when you poet um is that every day mm. yeah so i don't have a set time for writing poetry it's it's an ebb and flow i feel the best thing that i can do to write more is to have a slower pace and a lighter schedule so really um multitasking and goals and busyness doesn't leave room for the reflective quality of poetry. Yeah. And this is why I wrote so much during my year of, of illness mm -hmm. is the stillness. I, I took on the occupation of being is what I started doing. The occupation of being? Of being, yeah. Being instead of doing. I love that. Yeah. Um, practicing presence. And, and really that was the most that's the most effective beginning process for creating something for me. Yeah. Do you have, so you don't necessarily set aside specific times. You just make sure that you live slow. I don't set specific time to write poetry specifically right now. I haven't. No, it's really a, a magical process for me. Okay. So it's, It's intuitive. It can come at any time. Really, really, it's it's if I'm go going through a deep, maybe emotional process, and then I will take a walk or a bath or I'll sit, you know, in a nat the natural world or even a conversation with a person. It can be, it can really be anything that I interact with, but usually it's, it's just a surprise moment of deep feeling and a physical connection with the world around me that will bring maybe a first line. You know. I guess I am questioning this as someone who doesn't necessarily live as slowly as I would like. And so I'm kind of, I know that you're 
a mama of little people and I, I have this like image of you standing in line at the grocery store in like this crazy environment and suddenly some burst of magic comes through and you're like scribbling it down on the back of a sales <laughs> receipt or an envelope or something. Yeah. Uh, does it happen that way or does it, does it, you have to get quiet something to come through. No, I think it can happen that way. You know, I'm thinking back to when my daughter was born four years ago and just that newborn stage. I mean, it was still semi-quiet, you know, being really a baby, but really the first few years of her life, I I mostly wrote in the notepad of my phone. You know, I'd have my phone there. That's where I did all my writing because I only had one hand, you know, available. I had the baby in the other. Yeah. Yeah. So really, I inspiration can come. It can come at any time, but really I, I find that I do better with the inspiration, at least for poetry. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who feels like they maybe do have some words inside them, maybe some verse or poetry or just any kind of of words? Is it mostly that they need to get quiet? Mm. I feel that helps the most. Yeah. You know, getting into a meditative state or taking a walk, moving slower, becoming more present with yourself, your body, your feelings, what you're holding inside of you, and then tuning in to the world around you. And I mean, I I love nature. That's where I find my rhythm is in the natural world. But for someone else could be a different environment that that sparks that creativity and those words you have said i think i read somewhere that that these particular words that are in the book were at the time that they came out of you written only for yourself um do you think it's important for someone maybe to do the healing process that the words helped you to do or to this just get the, the words out of out of you onto onto the paper or into the phone um is it important to write that way uh, with yourself as the only audience? Do you feel like it would be less authentic if someone were like thinking, who is the audience and how are people going to perceive me? I feel it depends on the objective okay. of why you're writing. You know, if you want to sell something, then know your audience, you know? Right. Um, if you want to simply, allow something to form you know creation to happen and something to be made manifest then i comes from your heart and your soul yeah writing writing is a way of processing for me that's what poetry is it's it's processing my my experiences and my feelings and my perception of my life and so it's a very personal intimate thing for me but what it does is it it creates something you know it's made a book really yeah uh will you share another piece with us and will you again tell us that kind of context so i'm going to share the final poem in my book and you know this book is a 10-year journey of poetry so began in that airport (laughs) 10 years ago when i was 26 and And the final poem ends February 26th of this year, which was my birthday, my, you know, the end of my 36th year. And actually this poem 
came out of a kundalini practice okay. that we were in together. Were okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I had an experience. I we went and we had a practice on my and it was my birthday. And I had an experience that evening there. And I came home and I, I wrote this poem. Wonderful. Yeah. So it's titled February 26th. I was planted in the earth of my mother's womb, grown within a universe of dark and light. She was my first sun and ocean water, bones and riverways, mountainous landscapes, her breath, my air, and every year when the ground is ice and daffodils rise, I cannot separate myself from my first home. I hold in my hands ashes of her body. Is this all that is left? Then she speaks in the silence. I see her face in my mind. She says, honey, I am here. I am with you now. Let's do this together today. She sings to me through waves of frequencies. My angel, I still hold you. I sit in mudra, shawl around my head. She pours water light, glistening with stars, bursting from my crown like a spring from the rock. Ang namo, we say. Satnam, vibrating from my tongue. I can see the divine. That is beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I yeah, taking me back to that memory of some of the experiences I had during that um, that practice that we together, and it it is it was an experience of seeing the divine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much. It has been so wonderful to have you here today. I appreciate you being so vulnerable to. Um, talk about your processes and share your words and your soul with us and with the world. I am going to put the link to your website and your Instagram page in the show notes. Um, I do encourage everyone to check out Hannah's um, Instagram. There are some beautiful, peaceful, naturey images and videos that are like this little piece of softness and connection and divinity that are right there on your phone screen in the middle of your crazy busy world and it's a real treat and so hannah tell us of those two digital locations where where can someone get the book um we are wanderers it's being released to the world on november 22nd Um, but tell us how power listeners can find you and find this book yeah, yeah. Well, my website is up and mm-hmm. you'll have that posted, hannahelizabethking.com. And you can um, order directly from me. My uh, first limited edition copies, they're beautiful. Um, so you can find those there. And then you'll be able to find them online in major distributors like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and okay. other booksellers online as well. Nice. Oh, so other than than those, so right now it's 
uh, it's still for the next few days in pre-order phase. Yes, till the 22nd. Okay, and then on the 22nd, people will be able to go to your website and order the limited edition ones directly from you or the not limited edition ones from Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. For local people, um, are there, are you doing any book signings or big ta-da parties or release parties that people can find you at? Yeah. Locally on December 1st, it's a Friday, 7.30. I'll be at Corvallis Poetics. It's an open mic night and I'm the featured poet. So I'll I'll have a reading at 7.30 for about an hour, and then we'll open up the floor for other poets. Wonderful. And I'll have my books for sale and be doing a signing. So that's okay. the official kind of book release launch event nice. locally. How can people find that? What should they look for online? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Facebook. Okay. What, Avenue, is, what is it called? Um, Corvallis? Corvallis Poetics. Corvallis and Poetics. The coffee shop is Inner Zone Coffee. Okay. I encourage anyone to show up and meet Hannah in person and, and see her fierce sweetness live. <laughs> Hannah, can you share with the listeners of the Sovereign Health Podcast you know, any piece of advice or a practice or a mantra or a mindset that you believe helps us to be sovereign, to be in absolute supreme authority over our own lives. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because this year specifically, the word of 2023 for me was sovereignty. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Definitely. (laughs) So it's been a word that I've been carrying for this whole year, and it's really neat to come full circle almost at the end of the year now sitting here with you. But what I found with the word sovereignty is that I couldn't just hold it alone. I needed the word reciprocity as well. Okay. And I want to talk about that, but I just have this quote that I've held too that I feel really speaks for this. Um, And it's by Morgan de Cecil. And she writes, the sovereign woman, a woman connected to her wholeness. A woman devoted to the life and the divine in and through and around her. A woman who knows that she is made for relationships, as everything in the cosmos is and that relationship are sacred. And that is, I think that's what I, you know, there's different types of sovereignty. Like I feel, you know, I need to be sovereign in my finances and I need to be sovereign in my health, you know, and all that is true. But I think what I want to share is the sovereignty and reciprocity of relationship and just being in relationship, in wholeness, in connected and knowing, knowing your place, knowing you belong in your body, in your physical world, in your relationships with others in the natural environment around you, the universe, all of it, like knowing, knowing you belong in all of it and knowing your place and that you are whole and you are made for a relationship. And I think that's what this year has really been teaching me 
is as I've slowed down, had to slow down, had to find myself still and quiet to, to survive, you know, I found that I was whole, even if I did absolutely nothing at all, that there was relationship happening and it was alive and it was very active in within me. And then I got to witness that, you know, in the wild things around me. And that's really the premise of my book. That's really the whole, the whole theme of it is rediscovering, rewilding who we are, you know, and finding that true nature, coming back to that place of true nature within us and around us and being able to recognize that and say, yeah, I'm whole. Yeah. Seeing yourself and, and the wild things around you as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to read your book. Um, everybody run out and pre-order it or go meet Anna on December 1st and get your copy. Um, it is called We Are Wanderers. And I can't wait to hold it in my hands and read it. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing yourself with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor, and I love what you're doing here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thank you for sharing and downloading and interacting on the Red Diva Sovereign Health Facebook page. I'm going to leave it at that, my friends you know what to do. Go out and have a beautiful day.